Breath, everybody. We made it. We survived another day. The Mayan calendar apparently was revised and it was predicted for 2020 summer solstice to be the end of the world. And we're still here. We still got it, everyone. We can live another day. I think we've defeated all doomsday predictions. So until they find another text from some new civilization or old civilization that we just discovered with a whole new set of doomsday predictions, we can now relax for until then and enjoy each other and enjoy the moment. This week we got on David Grillot or Grillo. He is one of the founders of Thank You Plant Medicine. So if you're not familiar with Thank You Plant Medicine, um, check your Facebook. I'm sure someone in your friend group might have a profile photo with the, with the Thank You Plant Medicine frame. There was about 100,000 people with that frame at one point all over Facebook. It was really nice to see. Essentially, what Thank You Plant Medicine is, is um, almost like a coming out party for people to share and to, ex- and to tell the public that something in their life changed from a plant medicine, whether it was my- mushrooms or ayahuasca, or San Pedro or whatever, that this was like a unifying moment for anyone and everyone who has worked with these medicines or supports these medicines. So it was really beautiful to actually see. I remember seeing hundreds of people on my friends list with these frames of Thank You Plant Medicine, and I was scratching my head. I'm like, what is this? And then I, I found the Facebook group, and I found out more about it, and I was just so amazed. We had to get on David Grillo to talk about this, and this podcast was special. I mean, Sammy and I got pretty vulnerable and pretty open about personal things, and, and I felt like I really opened up something that I wasn't really aware of, and David kind of helped me find it. And it was a vulnerable moment for me to share. I was also kind of hesitant now whether I should release this portion or not, but I I had this reminder that it's not about me anymore. This podcast is a decision that Sammy and I made to make public. It's for you to hear and for me to share. I feel grateful that you're listening and you're going to receive what I shared. It's nothing crazy, but it it was emotional to me. This is what Curious Chimps is all about being vulnerable, finding the truth and community and love and share. I'm so happy to get to share this podcast with you all. It felt like an ayahuasca ceremony. If you haven't done ayahuasca, uh, this podcast will be a very interesting view into what it's like. And if you have done ayahuasca, this will be a, a feeling like as if you were at ceremony in the sharing circle after, after the ceremony. And it was really beautiful. So deep gratitude for having David on. And for all of you listening, enjoy this podcast. Until next time, stay, stay safe. What's up, beautiful people? I'm Nathaniel Pearl. And I'm Sam Sheva. And welcome to Curious Chimps Podcast, a show where we explore the infinite complexities of the human experience. We do not endorse anything illegal. So please, consult the doctors, do your research, and for the love of all that is holy, be safe. All right, let's talk about drugs. Curious, curious, curious chimps. Okay, we're good. Let's get so there's no there's no style or form to this. I guess we'll. I mean, first of all, thank you for for joining us. I really, I'm sure we both really appreciate it. I can speak for Nate. Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to talk to you about. I, I tried not to prepare too much. I just think uh, it's going to be interesting to 
to pick your brain and maybe just kind of let you go off because because you have a really interesting Facebook uh, page and and it's it's obviously a lot deeper than that but that's how we we, we met you so to speak yeah I suppose if you if you'd be so kind as to like introduce yourself what you're all about and what you do for the world and everything and uh, why you're here in a sense Sure, I'd be happy to. Uh, my name is David Griot. I live in Costa Rica. And uh, I'm, I was born in France and grew up in Canada. I have a, a job as an environmental IT consultant. Uh, I enjoy surfing, salsa dancing. I play, uh, I play Go on the Costa Rica national team. Oh, wow. It's an Asian uh, strategy game. And... Uh, and I'm involved in different humanitarian projects. Uh, prior to Thank You Plan Medicine, I had a, a website called Karma Tribe. Okay. And it was uh, like a couch surfing, but for any type of free service. So it, it was uh, like a, a generosity network where you could offer services for free and request help with whatever you needed. And you would get good vibes points and climb the karmic ladder. That's, cool. uh, <laughs> that's awesome. That's very cool. So, um, I, I I worked on that for about five years, and it 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 grew to being sixty three countries and you know thousands of people helping each other through it. And then I suddenly had to shut it down because I was bankrupt, and a hacker hacked in and started messaging everyone, and it was just just suddenly shut it down in uh, January of 2019 wow. and uh it was like very sad for me because it was i had invested so much energy and time and heart into it and it was in that uh space where i was really wondering like what to do with my life <laughs> and like feeling very depressed that a friend invited me to an ayahuasca ceremony and i said you know what i trust you let's check this out and uh and i had an extraordinary experience mm. of finding out that there was so much love and light inside of myself and so much to give and I was just getting started and I needed to not be afraid to step up as a leader and follow my heart. And uh, so uh, a crazy new confidence was born in me that is hard to explain, but of just knowing you know, how much I have, how much potential I have inside. And so I went from thinking like that I had failed and you know, that I had, you know, messed up my, my opportunity to give a gift to this world to thinking like, no, you are just getting started. Hmm. So then I started assisting every possible ayahuasca ceremony that I heard of in Costa Rica and, and drank medicine, I don't know, like 20 times or something in, in the, in the first like eight or nine months. Oh, yeah. And then me and my close friend, we went to go, uh, to the world ayahuasca conference and I can't resist uh, sharing that it's it's an interesting story how I even got there because there was no way that I could afford going to Spain on a random like fruitless ayahuasca conference trip. But a few months prior, I had gone up into the mountains to do some mushrooms with some friends. And in the mushroom journey, I met a tax accountant who informed me that I had been overpaying on my taxes the past few years. And with her help, I got back like twelve thousand dollars, 
just in time to be able to say like, all right, you know, now I'm going to go to this world ayahuasca conference. Like I have no choice. This is a dream come true. So we ended up there and it was one of the best weeks of our life. So many, maybe you've experienced this, that when you're in the medicine experience, it's just, you're going to like a synchronistic kind of uh synchronistic soup or something like just everything becomes so synchronistic and uh just so many coincidences and amazing people that we met and then at the end of the conference we came up with this idea about what if we created a coming out day for everyone who had benefited to express their gratitude uh in unison on social media uh among the those who have benefited from ayahuasca, from cannabis, from iboga, San Pedro, uh, MDMA. We wanted all the people, all the communities of psychedelics and plant medicines to express their gratitude together on the same day. And uh, this was February 20th, 2020. So we, we envisioned that eight months later, in, in eight months, we would be able to contact all these communities and get everyone uh, involved into a coming out day. So that was where this idea was born. That's kind of how I found you guys. Cause I, I saw on my friends list, there was just thank you plant medicine everywhere. I'm like, what's going on here? <laughs> so it, it's, it was really yeah, amazing had, uh, to see. Uh, Sorry. I, you cut off there. Yeah. The, we, we, uh, uh, a gifted designer friend created this profile frame that went, uh, somewhat viral. Uh, we, there's no way to know how many people are using it, but this is what I saw too in my friends list, like tons of people using it and just random people would be adding me and on their friends list, like everyone would be using it. And it's like, so yeah, that was one of the, one of the vehicles for, for the coming out day to, to happen. I just want to go into your first ceremony. You said, what year was that when, the, when you did the ayahuasca ceremony? That was 2019. That was this past year. Wow. And prior to that, were you, did you know much about ayahuasca or anything like that? No, I had no interest. Hmm. Uh, I had done, I had a couple of huge experiences with like psilocybin in Mexico and Oaxaca like 10, ten years before. And then uh, San Pedro in, uh, in Bolivia in the island of the sun. So I had these two like really transformative experiences, but, but ayahuasca for some reason kind of, uh, kind of scared me i'd heard a lot of like bad things about it and about and just you know it was stigmatized in my mind yeah i feel like it's a little stigmatized well i guess yeah stigmatized is the right word but like there's something intense about it even in the psychedelic community it's like the psychedelic you know it's the it's the plant medicine is whatever layer of kind of understanding or, or perspective you have there's something of it being kind of the like the mother the the, the 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 top of the the tree kind of thing you know so it's it it's for me too i've i've only drank once i mean i, I maybe multiple times during the ceremony but i only went to one ceremony and uh even going, even going back is like intimidating, maybe more now because I know what I'm getting into, of course, but like, uh, it's, it's a, it's like a big leap, I think for everybody, except for from time to time, you have those stories where there's nothing left, but to drink this, this fucking like brew, you know, like, like I think about Amber Lyon on, on the Joe Rogan podcast and like that, that kind of popularization of, of ayahuasca 
and it's just like she was at the, her, the end of her rope, you know, but other people just kind of like it falls in their lap or there's like a big synchronicity or something. But fuck, man, it's it's it, it's it's scary. It's it's like you, personally, I was expecting a kind of big transformation. And, and it seems like you went through something synonymous to that. Personally, I don't. I did. Like, I didn't yet yet you know like we had a, a guest recently who just said drink more man like <laughs> like it's that simple but i i don't know i don't know what to expect and i just feel like there's so much more to get out of it and and for for someone to say they've drank like 20 times in the first few months you know like i i have no idea what how like i don't i, I it feels unfair for me to ask this of you but like can you kind of try to sum up or explain uh what that's given to you or what that's what that's shown you like other than that kind of boundless confidence that you talked about oh sammy i'm i'm uh <laughs> i'm glad you i'm glad you're asking me like my journey with it has been quite remarkable and uh you know i don't get often an opportunity to share about some of the stuff i've learned from it uh so i've like it started off with being like absolute bliss and ecstasy in every ceremony. And it actually, it actually unlocked my ability to have like multiple orgasms. It's kind of crazy to say, but like it somehow opened the channels and I would be getting like just lightning bolts of thunderous, like full body orgasms from like the bottom of my spine to the crown of my head. And, and just like sometimes like, spontaneously like bursting into tears and just like just absolutely like unbelievable stuff so i i i was i was thinking that it had to do with this meditation that i do like i do a daily uh, energy kriya meditation which is to like raise up your energies so i was just thinking like oh my god like doing this meditation and doing ayahuasca you're gonna you're in infinite bliss the entire time like it's just incredible and getting super downloads and just writing and writing all these great ideas. So I started to drink more and more and more, like just kind of getting a bit like arrogant with it and just drinking like three cups, four cups and, you know, like just kind of going a bit crazy with it. And then I met my shadow side, which I had been basically in denial of my entire adult life of not really not realizing that I had a dark side. And and I basically like went a little crazy in some ceremonies, and like, like, uh, for example, like feeling like everyone was just like sleepy and depressed, and so I would like r run out of the maloca with my egg shaker and like run around <laughs> the maloca and like in my egg shaker and like get everyone excited, and someone grabbed me and was like, "Dude, like, what? What he said to do was this is not recreation." <laughs> And I was like, what? all right, I'll go sit down. But like doing stuff like that and then asking the shaman if I can make a speech and going into the going into the center of the circle and talking, giving like a monologue for 10 minutes and kind of like lecturing different people and just kind of like it it took me a few ceremonies of really disturbing the entire ceremony and having everyone like really upset at me before I really started to like accept that my behavior was completely like unacceptable and that I was had like a super deep arrogance actually in that I thought that I knew how it was supposed to be done. And so I, I, I discovered a really deep arrogance in myself that I suddenly clicked about how like, 
how I've been arrogant with my sister, how I've been arrogant when I talk to this person, how I'm arrogant like this, how, I'm, how anytime and, – and what the root of the arrogance is, is being afraid to be seen as dumb. So, so when I was a teenager, I was extremely depressed and lonely and had no friends, body image issues, uh, and um, – switching schools multiple times um, and just just feeling like just feeling like a huge loser and then I was about to be homeschooled but my mom wasn't sure because she wanted me to like develop socially anyways she took me to get like a psychological test and I scored highly on the intelligence and she, she didn't she told me like the psychologist said not to show you this report, so I will not show you this report. And so then, of course, like in the middle of the night, I like stole the report and and noticed that I had scored like really high. So then suddenly I felt like I was special. And so this is what allowed me to like build my self-esteem, you know, on something like the grain of sand that then creates the pearl. Like I felt like I had something special. So then my entire identity became wrapped around my intelligence. So years later, what I realized is like, I always am trying to prove that I'm intelligent in all the time. Mm. And if anyone threatens my intelligence, I immediately like violently attack them. Uh, so, so, so yeah, so through my, my, so, and then I realized that I had been having dark episodes with the ayahuasca, but I had been blocking them out of my memory. Hmm. So it hadn't been all bliss. I had had some really tough times that I had been like actually blocking out of my memory. So anyways, so it's been a huge learning journey and I've been able to realize like uh, traumas that I have with my mom, traumas that I have about my intelligence, insecurities that I had, you know, that played into relationships and just like been able to really grow super deeply like and be, like become way humbled and drink now medicine drinking it with the highest respect and careful and not going overboard and like what has happened to me is that i've been able to flower musically like nice. i used to think that i sucked at music that i was tone deaf that i had just that i just wasn't good at music i was had that firmly planted in my mind because i've been stuck playing the same five songs on guitar since university. Ayahuasca blew me open musically. A couple awesome. ceremonies, someone was like, dude, do you have any, are you a professional musician? Like, do you have some CDs I could get? It's like, <laughs> you have no idea what this means to me to hear this. And so I, I discovered the musical genius inside that I think we all have. Mm -hmm. And that Ayahuasca has a way of getting you out of your own way to just express yourself from your heart. And mm -hmm. the music, really plays a role in the, in how the medicine works. So now I like I just uh, I just booked ten guitar lessons, which which I haven't done in ten years, and I'm exploring tons of different types of guitar. And so and I bought harmonica, flute, bongos, all the <laughs> like. So I'm. Just, I think I see a didgeridoo in the background also. Yeah, that's that's my friends. Yeah, but uh, that's another fun one. But yeah. <laughs> personal development through it has been uh totally like unprecedented and just insane and that's so cool it's it's interesting that you talk about how you went from like this complete bliss and you were 
almost correct me if I'm wrong, but you started craving that bliss a little bit when you kept drinking and drinking, trying to get back to that state. And then the mother plant just some. I've, it's happened to me too because I've done uh, ayahuasca quite a, quite a few times, and I I noticed subtly this ego was forming. This like, oh, I got this. I drink the cup. I know what it's going to happen. I got, I'm going to enjoy myself with this like embedded expectation in a sense. And then I remember one ceremony. I think it was a uh, a year ago in the summer. And she just whipped my ass. It was like, you think you know what this is? And it just took me in like a washing machine. I went outside. I was lying on the grass trying to breathe. Like I, I thought I was on the brink of death. And it wasn't a pleasant experience. It was nothing of that matter, but it was valuable because it really showed me what I was forming and creating. And it's like, no, no, no. If you go down this path, like you're, it was basically just, it's like, um, it was a big warning, you know? And it kind of showed me, like, hey, put the brakes on this. Respect me, because this is not this is not a game. This is not a joke. It's cool. Yeah, it becomes its own little avenue of like, uh, I, I guess, like, I mean, I love that. I love the imagery you said about the, the grain of sand that that becomes the pearl. You know, it's like this little irritant becomes the like you have this defense mechanism around this one little thing, and then and that can be anything, and that's like the kind of. Uh, that's the true work of the ego, maybe, you know, and it's not, it's not maybe always a bad thing. I don't know. I have a lot of debate about this in my mind, but, but it is what it is. And it's very, it's just like, you're going to do that with everything with, with ayahuasca itself. Sometimes it's, it's, it's amazing. <laughs> well, it's a, it's a great point. David said is about now when he does ceremony, it's you give it with the, you treat it with the utmost respect and that's what it truly deserves. It's like you're working with a master plant with a master consciousness way ahead of us. And it deserves that that deep, deep-rooted respect and sacredness and w- not worship, but just understanding that, hey, okay, there, I'm here to learn, that student mentality, mm. you know? Yeah, and it, it also ties in with having respect for your for your community of people in the ceremony. Yeah. Because if you're, if you're carrying on or disruptive in any way, you're, you're negatively affecting others. And, and possibly blocking them from having a major breakthrough in their lives, you know? So it's, you know, you, there's a lot of teachings in it about community and about how to, you know, hold space for each other and be respectful and be in service and be loving to each other. And, uh, yeah. Um, That's a big point because I notice in ceremony, sometimes someone's going through something and I just... I had like a like an idea of maybe I should go up and hug them, but I'm like, you know what? I'm holding space. I'll send them the love. It sounds funny, like telepathically, but when you're in those states, it feels like fucking you're getting telepathic energy from the whole circle. Mm. You know, so that's how I hold space. And, you know, intervening yeah. is like how the ego wants to kind of be like, oh, I can control it. I can help them out. No, they got to go through their stuff. Yeah. So, but I think it also goes both ways that sometimes the ego is like, no, I need to, I need to, everyone has their own battles to go through, you know? So, so it's like a delicate balance because I've had it before where like someone's going through a really tough time and I just go over and like hold their foot or something and just give them like so much love. And then later they tell me like, dude, you have no idea how much that meant to me that you did that, you know? And, and I know for me, I've gone into like really like deep downward spirals and 
And then like the angel, like the helper comes and just holds me for a second. And it just, it's just like a crumpled up flower getting like a few drops of water and sunlight of just coming back to life. So I think the, the way to navigate that as, as my girlfriend would say, it's like the truth is vibrational. So if you really feel it in your heart, that it would be helpful to like give this person a little love right now, it probably would. But if, if in your heart you're feeling like, no, this is something that they need to go through, then that's probably true too. There's not like a black and white answer, yeah. but I mm-hmm. think that there is kind of like both of those situations can happen. Uh, yeah. I thought you cut out. For like, a I, I, like, I think like in, in life, you know, we, we, uh, we tend to be focused on our little world way too much. Where, you know, you're walking down the street and you see someone just walking by, like, totally, like, downtrodden. And, you, and you're just like, well, poor, poor guy, that's their problem. And you just keep on walking. Whereas maybe if you, like, gave them a smile or stopped and asked them, like, hey, is everything okay? It could be something that's, like, very small for you, but make a huge difference in that person's day, you know? Yeah. So, I, per- personally, I... Uh, I really like the more collaborative style of ceremonies where like the lights are on or at least it's luminous around where you can see each other. You can see the trips that each person is going through and kind of learn how each person is a mirror to you. And you're not just in the dark in your own voyage, but rather, you know, you're, you have the chance to like give someone a smile to pull them out of, of a, of a, of a deep issue. And so I don't know. This is something I've seen also is that there's all different philosophies about ayahuasca and even among indigenous tribes and, you know, in Brazil and the, the Santo Daime and Peru and, you know, in Colombia, Ecuador, all around the world, there's actually slightly different interpretations about the ceremony and about the rituals. And so it's, it's kind of interesting. And I think it's, I think it's developing, you know, it's coming out into Europe, into, into the entire world and, yeah. you know, white are leading ceremonies and some are even bringing in like uh electronic you know speakers and microphones and doing all different stuff and so it's it's kind of interesting the evolution of how ayahuasca is served yeah it's i'm sure nate would say the vines are growing into, yeah, into society say, you know like it's spreading it's the vines across the globe you know that's uh, it's yeah. like that's her her wi-fi network <laughs> it's through us <laughs> but yeah. um it's funny you say that about the going with the intuition with the heart when someone's in need. Uh, when my last ceremony was actually right before this whole pandemic, it was uh, before we had knowledge of it. It was like, I think it was in uh, December. And um, there, there was a, this was the last service. There's three services in the night and the last one, for some reason, the last one just wasn't going well with my stomach. I just had to go purge. So I left the room and went to like, there's a room with like a fireplace, usually where we do rape. And uh, so I was just lying there with my bucket and just purging and purging. And there was a gentleman there and he was lying down, holding his chest, taking deep breaths. And in between his breaths, he was crying. And he, he was exhaling and then saying like, I'm, I am dead. And he kept repeating, I am dead, I am dead. And I was just so fucked up that I couldn't even go help him. But one of my other friends came and saw him and just put his hand on his chest. And they had a moment for like an hour 
where he was just helping him breathe. And he's like, you're alive, brother. You're alive. And I was there purging, watching this. And it was like a synchronicity moment where we all were just feeling it. And he was just helping the guy through it. And the guy was working through his process. And then I remember just watching and being like, this is so beautiful. This is so beautiful. And the next day when we had our sharing circle, that guy broke down into tears and said, like, you got me out of wherever I was stuck. Like, thank you, brother. Like, I was, I thought I wasn't coming back. And it was just like a constant reminder, like, hey, man, you're here. Just keep breathing. Mm, that's beautiful. Yeah, it was, that, that moment Rivers. stays in my mind's eye forever. It was incredible, you know? So There's the space, man. There's the space you give for people. Like, it's, it's like, it's hard to explain. I've, like I said, I've only experienced this once, but the set and setting, the, the ceremony itself was half, if not like 90% of the experience, you know, the, the people and the ability to, the ability to have moments like this, you know, all these, all these transformative moments, it's, it's like, there's a vulnerability because maybe obviously you're, you're, you know, you're experiencing ayahuasca, you're, it's, it's experiencing you, if you will. And you know, the, in, in that moment, I can feel myself thinking, like, I, maybe I'm just a fly on the wall. Maybe I just have to worry about myself. Maybe I should leave. Maybe I shouldn't leave because that will make him feel like a shame or something. But I'll just pretend that I'm there. Like, you, none of those things happen. Maybe they went through your mind. But then eventually, you get to the point where you go, we're all in this room together. We are all alive. This is happening right now. And even though you're not the one with the hand on the chest, even though you're not the one who needs the hand on the chest, you're in that room with that person, with those two people. And it's it's that same feeling when you're in the room with everybody. And like you're saying, you kind of want some light. You want people to look at each other. You want to hold the foot. There's that vibration, like your girlfriend says. There's an honesty with what's happening in the moment. And it's not a, it's not a rule of thumb where it's like, don't talk to anybody or talk to everybody or everyone hugs after or everyone this, everyone that. It's, it's what is needed in the moment. And... That's not always what's happening in day-to-day -day life, unfortunately. So it's kind of like a, that's a practice in itself. I don't know. That's, that's, a, that's a beautiful thing that I experienced that I hope I can kind of integrate and learn to use in day-to-day -day life. But it, it wasn't even kind of like the direct message. It was just kind of this unconscious uh, like forum or field for how to be human that, that I think is a, is a really beautiful thing really good practice in itself yeah i don't know what my point was i just kind of <laughs> <laughs> no but i love what you said there of like it's a it's like a field for how to be human you know it's that's what it, that's what it feels like is those ceremonies are it's it's a training ground for the ceremony of life mm. and about being being sensitive to everyone around you about uh realizing how everyone is a mirror to you and uh, realizing how you have both like things to heal and, you know, a capacity for service that you have times where you need to receive and times where you need to stand up and give, you know, and it's, for, I, I, I always get the sensation that it's just pulling me into the present moment, into the, like absolute present moment and seeing things clearly of about the nature of life. That's a that's something I could possibly really relate to. Like I, maybe I wouldn't have put it the same way, but something something I really took away from my experience. I think it was on the second night. I don't I don't even remember now, but 
I I literally I kept hearing a voice that was because I was I was like trying to get something out of it and trying to kind of control the situation and you don't even realize that you're doing these they're all kind of subtle and and mental you know and I kept hearing this like it's almost like there were these two things that were talking to each other and they were watching me and they were very parental they were very like looking looking down at me but like with a lot of love with a lot of care it's hard to explain of course I don't even I I kind of hate trying to explain these 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 experiences but sometimes it has value you know and and I just kept hearing it oh it thinks it's this oh it thinks it's that like I would just be like oh no I can't do this because of this or or I'm feeling this and then they would just look at each other and be like oh it thinks it's this it thinks it's oh it thinks oh it thinks it's supposed to do this why oh it thinks it's its name it thinks it's its body like it just kept having that and it just kind of beat me down until I was like, okay, I don't think I'm anything. I'm just here, you know, like, like, leave me alone, sort of. Like, it was almost like relentless, again, in a loving way. But that that love is actually important because it allowed me to keep looking instead of doing this kind of rage quit, you know. And that, again, from what we were talking about, allowed me to look at people as a mirror. I love that you keep bringing that back. And, and maybe I kind of resist that thought because I look at these people and I think they're so brave to go up again and get another cup or something, or to, to, to be sitting there, like the first person to puke, to, to, to let it out and to give everyone else permission, so to speak. It's the best. And yeah, and, <laughs> and somewhere, in the, so, somewhere during the ceremony, I, I say, I realize I'm one of these people. I'm, I realize I have to give myself that same respect and love. You know, like I'm I'm also brave. I'm also strong and I'm also vulnerable right now. And we're all in this together in like an interesting, in an important way. And it's, 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 I mean, taking it out of the ceremony, making life the ceremony, like that's, that's a huge thing, man. That That's a, that's a practice. That's the whole, that's the whole point. Maybe. I don't know. <laughs> You're nodding, yeah. <laughs> You're like, yeah. Oh man, it's it's tough to talk about. It's uh, well, tough. It's it's intense. I can almost feel like a. It's happening now in a way, you know. Like we're we're getting together, we're talking about this, and we're we're just kind of letting it be. And that's hard sometimes, especially in a podcast. I feel like there's moments when we when we can just kind of stop and think and have these silences. And then we go, oh no, wait, like someone's listening to this. Like we need to we need to talk. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, what I've noticed though, Sammy, is every time I go back for the ceremony and I drink the next cup and, and I go through the process, I understand very clearly that it's almost like a curriculum. And it's like once you start and maybe David will relate to this or, and agree with this, but it it almost feels like now you've, when you drank that first cup, you went to your first ceremony, now you've entered school. And it's like school for the soul. And now you have your objectives and you, what you need to do after that ceremony. And whether you do it or not, it's irrelevant. It's just you know what you have to do. And it's not that if you don't do it, you're, you're, you're on the wrong path. Or if you do it, you're on the right path. It's just now you have a clear insight. Hey, okay, I got to maybe change one thing or maybe change this or, or just have to do a little bit more of this. And then when you go back to the next ceremony, it's like a whole other level of, of lessons, but you only got those lessons because you understood the first set of lessons. And then it's just, every time I go to ceremony, it's just, there's a lot of reminders, but there's also a lot of like, hey, okay, we got to focus on this. Don't neglect this. Remind yourself 
not to live by the ego or or the desires and like but it all it always feels like there's a progression so that's why mm. i understand when when you go into ceremony that i go in with that student mentality yes i'm terrified i've never not been afraid to drink that cup but i know that if you surrender to it it's just the lessons are not scary they're just the lessons you know the yeah. fear is the ego trying to hide from it that's the real fear yeah, it's it's scary. It's not scary like uh, skydiving or bungee jumping, where you really feel like you're in danger. It's scary like taking a test. It's scary like this. This is important. And then and then the the teacher, the the mirrors, the the people, the ceremony, the the music, the all the all the precautions, all the like, hey, we got you covered. You know, if you need this, it's over here. If you need that, it's over there. Like that that goes a long way to to. To like let go and let be sort of and then and then all the all the learning happens there and i guess it, it's it's funny you call it a curriculum because I, I just heard myself talking about my experience sort of and maybe there's this maybe my first lesson is false identity in a simple way it's just like oh it thinks it's this you know like it's you're not that and then that allows me to see what i am which is in the moment I am being me here, and so is everyone else. And then that mirror comes, and fuck, man, I, so much to learn in, in that alone. I think I could just park my car there, so to speak, for a long time. Oh. Absolutely, man. And um, what I love what David said is that the, the, the guides that help you, they're angels, so to speak. Because they sure feel like that sometimes when I, when I, I don't know what it is with me. Maybe I just got a lot of shit to let out. But I almost, 80% of ceremonies I puke and purge and let it out. And I love it. It's beautiful. But <laughs> there's always a moment where I have to leave the group for like an hour and just let it out. And every time that happens, there's always one angel, one, one guide, someone who's supposed to f help facilitate, just comes up to me, puts her hand on my back, gives me water, cleans my, takes my bucket, gives me a new bucket gives me new Kleenex, all without asking. And it's just like, fuck, thank you. Like, you're the, you are an angel. You literally came from the heavens just to help me through this. It's, it's unique. <laughs> it's interesting, Nate. Why do you feel that you need to leave the group in that situation? That's a good point. I just, and I actually, it's funny you mention that because I've been observing that that need to leave has been a theme in my life for fucking since i was a child it just that feeling of being vulnerable in front of others has been a hard defense for me you know and i think leaving that group is that it, you know what it comes down to it's it's nice question actually the the feel of being a burden on other people you know and leaving that group i feel like i'm doing everyone a favor you don't need to see this part of me i don't want to interrupt your experience completely neglecting me it's always on everyone else, you know? So it's, that's a good question. I, I haven't really, I have started observing it, but now I feel like I'm coming to a conclusion on it. And I see that translate in my life. It's trying to, trying to make, every, make sure everyone else is okay. You know, and they're leaving me last. Can you, can you think of a, 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 a possible, you know, hypothesis for like some sometime in your childhood where like you you left in order to uh in order to protect yourself or in order to help you know help others 
I have to meditate on that. <laughs> You're like, shit. <laughs> yeah. I have to. I have to meditate on that. I have to see where that pattern formed. But I, I've noticed it. This is not the earliest memories, but I've noticed it when I used to hang out with groups when I was really young, like 11, 12, that I never liked pushing what I wanted to do. It was just easier to follow what they wanted to do just because I didn't want to avoid confrontation. If we were like a group of three and there was just this clash between two ideas, I would just be a neutral every time, neutral, neutral. So, you know, I think that's where it also started is creating and it formed that, that idea that, hey, just take yourself out of the equation and it makes it easier to, to solve this problem. You know? I, I really resonate with that. Like one thing, one thing that I, that I was dealing with is that just like a frequent, like self-consciousness of, for example, I'm walking with my dog down a road and a car comes and I just feel like a pang of like self-consciousness of like thinking like, what is, what do I, what do I look like, you know, to another person? And I, 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 I like looked at that in ceremony and I got like a vivid memory of when I was five years old, um, had just moved to Canada from France and like starting at a new school. And I, and I remember feeling like everyone was friends with each other, except for me, I was the new guy and just trying to figure out how to make friends in those childlike social dynamics. And I thought like, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to like just really try to see like what is the other what do the other people want to see? And just be sensitive to what other people want to see and I'll act that way. And then that's how I'll make friends. Hmm. And so that 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 be, that became kind of like my basic like social strategy of being sensitive to what other people wanted to see and acting accordingly. Hmm. And then, and then but as I look back on it I realized like that's what allowed me to make my first friends in that difficult situation. So it was like a behavior that you adopt as a child that, that helps you, but you grow out of it and then it become then it limits you. So I, I was able to like, kind of like give myself some compassion and be like, Dave, you know, like, thank you for taking care of yourself and, you know, using this strategy like as a kid this really helped you but you don't need it anymore you know like it's it's limiting you and you don't want to always be paralyzed by what other people think so like just release that oh you know? sorry that's my alarm sorry <laughs> yeah. no problem so 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 i it might be something like very similar of like a behavior <laughs> that was really helpful to you as a child to protect you but but now you've outgrown it you know you know, now that we're talking about it, it does, me and Sammy were talking about this the other day because Sammy asked me, he's like, what's your first memory, what you remember? And it's funny that maybe I took at it from a different angle, but maybe this is, the, it's, this is just the symptom of that memory and it also formed its own patterns in my life. And I actually saw this on my first ayahuasca experience. It was just like, the way I described it in, in the past is that my life was laid out in front of me like trees, like tree branches. And every tanglement was a moment in my life that something like a trauma or something and then patterns formed and that branch was kind of stuck and I had to unwove, un, un, untangle the, uh, the branches. But we got to a memory in ceremony where it was, uh, I was very young and I, I have no blame or I'm not upset about it. It's just, it is what it is. But I was, um, it was back in elementary, like maybe grade one or two. My mother came to teach... Uh, 
to teach a small group of people how to tie shoes. <laughs> Something as simple as that. And she took me and like four or five girls. This is just my memory. It could have been a bigger group. And she taught everyone how to tie the shoes. They did the little bunny ears. You pull it under, you pull. And I couldn't figure out for my life. I was trying, I was trying, I just couldn't figure out. And the girls got it one shot. Easy. And my mother's frustration because I was her son came out on me and she kind of uh, mocked me in a sense, just out of frustration, like, oh, you can't get it. And all the girls and her just kind of became this team, you know, like, we got it, we figured it out. And now I used to take the angle that it was just, that's what put me into a ball to make me do my, to work on my own because I, it took me two weeks after on my own to figure it out. And then when I showed it to her, she was like, oh, it took two weeks. Like, it was not appreciation. It was still, like, frustration. But now I'm seeing it from the angle of maybe at that moment, I looked at that group and felt like an outcast. Felt like I didn't belong in that group. I was, I was weighing down the group. And I didn't have that perspective until this conversation. Is that, that makes more sense. And then I just went on my own and figured out how to tie the shoe on my own for the two weeks and then I figured it out and that's what I formed like this independence but it's really out of pain and out of feeling like an outcast you know and that that's kind of my life pattern from that moment went on from there you know so wow incredible <laughs> thank you for that for that angle for me to look through because I I kind of missed that one it was like a blind spot so this need to escape or to get out and to to do it on my own is stemming from those moments yeah mm, wow that's some deep shit thank <laughs> you <laughs> a really interesting thing a, a friend pointed out to me is like that in when when we lived in tribes you know like for you know during approximately like a hundred thousand years you know from the first homo sapiens to the the more sedentary like agricultural people like from like the year like 100,000 BC to 10,000 BC we lived in like small nomadic tribes and um rejection from the tribe meant death in that context so it's so ingrained in our DNA that rejection is equal to death you know so it's so it's so painful to be rejected it's like so so painful mm. uh, so I, I often think about that. And I've been I've been obsessed with it lately. I mean, like, that's why I asked you about it. I had an epiphany lately about, like, my earliest memory and how it kind of governed my... Uh, it's, like, foundational to my whole personality, to my whole paradigm of who I think I am. And, I mean, it's, you know, it's... It, you, when you were saying that, it made me think of how... it's It, it hasn't been said in a while, but uh, the people used to mention how... The, the biggest fear someone has, like people have, the, the, the most common fear is public speaking. And then second one is death. Like death itself is less scary than rejection, than the, the act of failure in front of a, a tribe, in front of like a, a, a group of people. And I mean, it's, it's a self-definition thing, which is really uh, honestly kind of dangerous like like continuing with a tribe and 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 finding who you are again that mirror like through other people it kind of reveals a lot of truth it's like um letting go of things that don't work because you bump up against other people's perspectives and they fail and then you learn like through 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 rejections through through victories through love through through family through breakups through everything because it's we twist things you know like I was thinking about how you you said that you you kind of found out 
through through like some authority that you were intelligent and it kind of redefined who you were. And maybe like just just a thought. I don't know how true this is, but maybe this changed the way you looked at every every moment before. You know, you felt like an outcast and you felt and you had a depression as a teenager. And maybe that suddenly becomes justified. You go, oh, it's because I'm a fucking genius. You know, it's because people don't understand me. It's because I'm, I'm it's because I know what's going on in the world. It colors your past. It changes your past. So we have a moment where we're embarrassed or something or, or feel shame. And we might even be too young to really understand what we're feeling. But then every every time we look back on it, we're reinforcing it. We're, we're shaping it. And I just want to kind of put that out there because that sounds really powerful. And I don't know what to do with that. But that's a thing. <laughs> you know, that's I picture a vine again. I picture something something about ayahuasca, something about this. Well, I don't remember the name of the actual vine. I know it's like a couple of things mixed together, um, but it's there. There's this there's this reaching. I don't know if you ever see a vine growing, but it doesn't have eyes or ears. You know, it just goes like it just goes like, what the fuck do I grab onto? What What is life? You know, and then it finds something. And then it starts tangling and tangling. So we find this this first thing. It's not our first memory. It's our first. It's the first shocking memory. It's the first. It's the thing we decide is our first memory mm. in an unconscious way. And we we wrap around it and wrap around it. And then fucking then you drink a some ancient plant medicine like somewhere in in another part of the world, and suddenly you have to untangle this shit. You know. <laughs> <laughs> or that just the medicine takes you on that that path of where that vine started from and it's just a journey of seeing your entire life's patterns following it because sometimes it's not even about untangling it's just about observing and understanding you know that's a really big point just just knowing it's there and then that might allow you some free will some freedom yes, in the future to understanding what's the next decision is it based off of that vine or are you just stopping its growth and building new vines you know yeah that's because a lot of these things are we spoke about it sammy on the phone a few days ago is some things you can't completely tear out and and pull away and and start from scratch some of these things are foundational so some of these things that are with you you just have to observe and understand and know when it's trying to be operated when it's trying to operate and know how to not be blind to it you know that's a good that actually makes me think of a quote um, there's this anime I love called the Samurai Champloo and uh, <laughs> it's a it's a great show it's an, a classic anime and there's a there's this guy who talks about being free because he, he used to live on an island that was full of criminals and stuff I might even be remembering this wrong actually so I forget the show but the quote is that freedom the definition of freedom is knowing yourself and living accordingly you know, it's, it's, yes. we're not wild animals. Like we, if you want to feel free and you want to eat well and exercise and, and have a light body, that's, that's one thing. You don't want to be stuck in a room like a cage or a prison, but to be free, you have to know what you're dealing with. You have to know, you have to play the cards you have essentially. Mm. And that's, that's humbling. You know, that's, that's literally like the definition of humility. You're not worried about the cards you might get later or the cards you want. You're, you're doing your best. And, and anyone who plays poker knows what I'm talking about because you, you really have to accept what you have and, and go with it. And you can, you, can, you can fold and get another 
deck of cards. So, you know, it, like it, yeah. it might not be the best analogy because sometimes you can't fold. You just have to fucking, you, you just have to go, <laughs> okay, I'm out. all in. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's intense. Life is crazy. Life is just fucking crazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's very interesting when you start observing these patterns and seeing how you've been operating. And it's, we spoke about that with Nick when he was on the podcast. Is like, how would you, when he asked the question, like a, more of a rhetorical question, it's like, how could you not want to drink ayahuasca when you know that it's showing you these forming patterns in your psyche? Like, how can you not want to have a cleaner mind and, and, and be consciously aware of what's going on at the deeper levels? Because we all are guilty of it and, and victim to it that we're operating on these programs that formed, like David said, like when you were a child, like, and what you said, like a, a memory that's not necessarily your first memory, but it's a shocking memory that just created that Vime uh, analogy that you use, which is beautiful, and it just wrapped around your life, and you just following that Vine upwards till this moment, you know? And like, we have so many of that, and how could you not want to dive in and see where it started, you know? Why am I afraid of leaving the group? Like, I, this is a question I actually want to know. I don't want to just leave the group. I want to observe it. And I want to I see where, where's this mechanism coming from. Can I fix this? Can I heal this? Can I observe this? Can I enhance my experience? Can I work through this? These are big foundational questions we should be asking ourselves. Otherwise, we're living with misery, you know? Wow. Yeah. I think the the real the real key to to navigating like what you what you find in yourself because I think the, the fear that a lot of people have is like they don't even want to see what they have in themselves like they're 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 like there's some really dark shit in there I don't want to go there mm-hmm. this is what my sister says she's like I've been holding it together you know well like I've had dark shit in my past like bubble up and I've been able to hold it down why would I want to go open Pandora's box? Like, it makes no sense to me. But uh, since it keeps manifesting over and over and kind of festering and and causing issues for her, she's finally realizing, like, all right, I guess I need to, like, go there and solve it once and for all. Mm. But, like, I think the key to navigating uh, those ugly things that you find inside yourself is, like, is c- with compassion and, like, being just very compassionate and tender towards yourself because yes. a lot of the, a lot of the self dialogue, at least that I have is like pretty violent in nature. It's like, Oh, you know, you're, why are you at, like, why are you, at, why are you acting like so like fucking crazy again? Or what's, 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 what's the matter with you? How could you treat someone this way? Or what, why did you do this? Yeah. Like, oh, it's so stupid. And you know, like it's actually like very violent words yes but if you can develop a a bit of a new language and how you actually treat yourself and explore yourself and by the way this is this is all what nonviolent communication is i don't know if you've heard of it by marshall rosenberg he developed uh, an entire new theory of communication which he used to then mediate conflicts in afghanistan in rwanda in iran like all around all in the most extreme conflict areas they call him in to mediate conflicts and develop this theory called nonviolent communication and it's the most extraordinary thing that i've ever seen and i just watch his videos and audios every day every day for like the past six months wow. 
has totally changed my life. Uh, so if you can, if you can, and this is also what Dr. Gabor Mate, you know, the yes. Canadian famous Canadian trauma expert, he says like, have to be like compassionately curious as you explore yourself and, and hug yourself and be like, what, uh, what happened to you? Oh, like, you know, why did you do that? Oh, you must've, you must've really needed something, you know, like, and so with, with compassion, we can go deep and really heal, but with violence, it's just the walls become, become even more strong. I, I find it so funny because I'm guilty of that too. Is like I, <laughs> we need to hug ourselves more, but I, I catch myself when I, when I screw up, let's say, even though there's no such thing, if you really break down, there's no such thing as a screw up, but in your, in your perception of something, you make a mistake or you didn't do what you were supposed to do. We are so aggressive towards ourselves. It's like we never say this to the, our enemy, but we would say it to ourselves like almost mindlessly, like just throw it out there like it's nothing. But you're saying some of the most hurtful words to your own self. And it's just amazing how a lot of that's even unconscious and not goes unnoticed. You know, like I'm fucking, I'm such an idiot. And then you just go about your day like nothing happened. But you just really insulted yourself. And there is some pain that will be followed from that, whether you're conscious of it or not. But even if someone you know screws up, you're not going to go, you're a fucking idiot, bro. You know, and it doesn't happen. So it's amazing. Yeah. It's really incredible that we were victim to this. And we, a lot of us, these are the systems that are just on repeat in our minds that are just going on this, this circle. And we're just following. We do something, we screw up, we yell at each ourselves, we go back to our task. And there's no growth there. It's just like you're on a record layer. You're on a record player just going in a circle, going in a circle. You know, it create it creates it creates like a a toxic, you know, chem chemical, you know, biology like within yourself when you're mean to yourself. Like studies show, like it can actually cause illnesses and stuff. Whereas when you're loving, you know, you're creating like oxytocin. It's and so true. Chemicals that fill you with radiant good health. You know, but. Uh, hold on, I have a friend making a smoothie. Uh, step outside. Um, <laughs> it's all good. Actually, you guys talk for a moment. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> oh man, I I I love the I love the self hug thing because it just makes me think about how there's such a promotion in society, kind of unconsciously. Like I don't know if it's a conspiracy or anything, but there's just this this need for people to feel like they're better off alone, like they can't rely on other people. And at the same time, there's this strange stigma of like this, this genuine self-love. Maybe not, I don't even know if it's a stigma, it just seems kind of alien. For me personally, for a lot of societies, I don't think so, but like, like to really hug yourself, like I've been, I've been feeling very depressed lately for various reasons. And I think a lot of people have reasons to feel very fucked up right now. So I don't think I need to really even justify it, but maybe I never need to, you know, if we're going to go down that route, <laughs> but I've been literally instinctually hugging myself. Like, it's just something my body needs. I'm like in the middle of crying and feeling like, like a pile of not like a, like a pile, like just a puddle. And then I just kind of wake up in this position, sort of, I just kind of like maybe in a shower or something and, uh, and I'm holding myself because it's like. It's like the present me is going is going a second in the past and and holding me like 
I remember when I was really depressed and I was having these kind of epiphanies, I even kind of pictured myself as a baby. There was, there was this part of me that was like helpless, but it wasn't, but I was able to help myself. And, and it was, I got, I got a lot of people, a lot of people gave me powerful reactions when I was explaining this. I was kind of looking at myself and being like, Hey man, what's wrong? What do you need? You know, exactly the way David was saying it. Yeah. And it's so, it's so powerful because it's me actually doing it. Yeah. You know, in yoga, they say the left hand washes the right hand, like the, the, and, and the left hand could slap the right hand also like, like it's, it's you, it's not a voice. It's not a record. Like we're using all these analogies, but it's you, you talk to yourself this way. You are listening to what you're saying. You are hugging yourself. You are loving yourself. Yeah. It's you. It's not a thing. It's not a, an entity or a plant medicine. It's fucking you. It's your voice talking. It's you, man. It's yeah. just, I'm getting, I'm getting, I'm ranting, but like, <laughs> but, Sammy, think about that you have the capability of healing your past self, whatever happened in the past, in the present moment. Like to have that, the mind being capable of looking at what's hurting from when you were a child, whatever, and observing it and actually healing in the present moment. How powerful is that? That you can go back in the chapters, look at chapter uh, grade two. Okay, I, I, I felt like an outcast. Let's heal this. Let's fix this. And let's continue onwards. How powerful no. is that? Think about it. And you know that. what's funny? I mean, that's really, I, I don't want to step on that. That's a really powerful thing I want to keep talking about. But you know, when you're like in the shower or when you're about to go to bed and you're like, and you think of those moments, like it's trying to heal itself. Yes. You feel the pain, you know, and you either have to lick the wound or set the bone sometimes, but it's, it's, it comes back on its own. You don't necessarily need ayahuasca or iboga or something. These things are powerful and beautiful. And we repress things like ninjas because trauma is <laughs> trauma. Like it's just. It's just the way it is. And it's, it's all kind of have these evolutionary roots, you know, but it, it, it bubbles up on its own. Like the, the Sankara, what is it? Sanskara, like the, those, those, those ideas in Vipassana where like you, if you sit in the silence, you realize there is no silence, you know? And, and like, I mean, like Ash Dykes was saying about his body, but the mind too, you, the layers, the, the thin layers dissolve and then the traumas start <laughs> popping up and you're going like what oh shit i think that way i think that's the world i think that's me like oh my god mm. and and like you said before just seeing it is enough sometimes yeah. just knowing that knowing yourself that's that could give you the freedom that's the healing to, process it's just observing yeah. and sometimes all you need to do is observe it and it just fades away you know because it was unconscious it was happening under in the deeper levels of the mind and that's all it was. Once you, it's like once you see the answer, you're like, oh, okay, I know it. And then some answers are super profound. Some you, okay, one plus one is two. Okay, let's move on. And then that's a foundational truth that carries on in your life, you know? Yeah, for sure. And it, it makes me think about serving. Because David, you, you, you use that word a lot. And it's a word I'm afraid of a little bit. Because I feel like I need to be fit to serve in a sense. And I think that that's the beginning of that is when I see the kind of, when I see and accept myself as a whole, and I see all the power I have and all the flaws I have, then I can, I can be and accept the mirror that, that we keep kind of coming back to. And then I think that's where I need to serve from. But I don't know, I'd love your thoughts on that because it's a, I think it's a big hurdle for a lot of people. And maybe not everyone should serve or needs to serve, but 
maybe try it. Like maybe it's part of the practice. I, I, I'd love to, to, to know what you think about that. Well, yeah, well, service is my favorite subject. Um, so, you know, in, uh, in, in, uh, in yoga science, there's this, this word, uh, dharma, which is, has four dimensions to it. Nonviolence, truth, purity, and discipline. And they say in India, they say like, once you can really embody all four of those, then you, you live in Dharma and you become just this radiant, like beautiful life that everyone who sees you just like, is just like blown away by the beauty of your life and, and, uh, and you're in bliss the whole time. So the most important part of it is nonviolence and the highest level of nonviolence is like loving service. So according to this ancient philosophy, like loving service is, is like, it's, it's the climax of like what it means to be a human. And, uh, and what I think is like, is that the more you heal yourself, the more you can be of service for sure. But the more you are of service, the more you heal yourself. And it's, it's like a mutual, a mutual thing where our focus is too much on ourselves. If you start to like extend your focus to others, this also gives you really great energy, you know, like I, I was um, doing some, some life coaching and there was, because I had a life coach who really helped me a lot and I saw how powerful it was and she taught me like a lot of things. So then I started like helping a few people. And so one of the, one of the tricks, so for example, this girl, she was working on a, uh, on a, on a master's degree but she was really having trouble like making her way through the master's degree because she had a full-time job and she had other responsibilities and, and you know a boyfriend and everything and she just like really had a hard time like getting through it so this this technique is like you make a list of how are how is the master's degree going to benefit you and how is it going to be able to benefit other people and how is it going to make you like a better person that will be able to like improve the lives of others and so she made this list of how it would benefit other people for her to have a master's degree and she put it above her computer and just gave her like all the energy she needed and she like nailed the master's degree and got like super high marks because it's like if if you just focus on yourself and on like you know this is why like 90 percent of like new year's resolutions never get completed is like i want to lose weight why so i can look better you know in a in a swimsuit and then it doesn't get accomplished because a, a few months later someone's like oh it's just for me who cares but if you're like no i want to lose weight so i can be like a better partner to my wife so i can be a better father to my children so that i can engage with my community so i can do this 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 then you're going to accomplish it because it's not about you it's about like you know so having this this perspective of service can give you great energy mm. and i would venture to say that possibly this is what has uh helped you guys with this podcast of like i i had a podcast it's not easy to have a podcast and i see you guys have done already like over 30 episodes i think like yeah. and, you know like it takes a lot of energy and if you were just doing this for fun for the two of you probably you would not get past like podcast number 10 <laughs> but because you have a feeling that this is helpful this is beneficial this is helping people 
it just keeps like the fires blazing of like, let's do this, you know? Yeah, man. Uh, you know what's funny, so you say, the f- funny you say that's because it started off just a fun thing between me and Sammy. And very quickly we started noticing, oh, wait, people are enjoying this. This is actually bringing value to lives. And we got feedback from our closest friends at first. And that actually started giving us fuel. I, I speak for myself, but I'm sure Sammy feels the same way. And it just, it, it just started creating this momentum of like, fuck, this person is actually benefiting. And we got messages from people saying like, hey, that podcast really meant a lot. I needed that this moment. And that's what it's all fucking about. It's those, those people. Whether it's one or a thousand or ten thousand or a million, doesn't matter. It's that, like Andre said in the, I was listening to one of our older podcasts. He's, he's a yoga instructor, and he said if he learned a lesson that if someone has one out of the entire class one breath in their practice was their best breath of the day, that's a job completed, you know. And that's what I'm feeling that now as this podcast is growing. That fuck if that one person just takes one little snippet, whether it's a five second moment or the whole clip or whatever. And something changes. Like, how beautiful is that? How, like, that's 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 fucking gorgeous. You know, that that gives a tear to me. You know, that's incredible. It's, it's also unexpected because serve. Like, I started this this question. I'm feeling intimidated by service, but it's actually taking the pressure off, and it's saying, I just need to do a little bit of good. It's worth it. I just need to, and it's not about you anymore. And it's so motivating. Yes. And whereas before it was, it felt restrictive. But it's this neuro, it's this neurotic behavior of like, how is this going to affect me? You you start overanalyzing and and trying to play with all the little me- mechanics of your existence. Whereas if you just kind of like go outward and try your best, I mean, th- there's this funny, <laughs> there's this funny uh, illustration that's actually apparently it's like really old, but I don't I don't remember where it's from. But I think it was like a psychologist who was saying like, this is what a happy person looks like, and it's like a diagram of it's like a silhouette of like a person. And their vision is going outward. And it's like, this is the diagram of a depressed person. It's the same person, but then like the vision is just going inwards. <laughs> and I fucking love that, man. Because I just go like, oh, oh yeah, that's me. That's me. Mm. It's, it's, it puts a new light on, on service itself. And it, it, it puts a new light on the podcast. Because I, 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 some days I'm not motivated to do fuck all. And I still do what I can to show up for this because... I feel like it means a lot to me and I feel like it means something to other people. And it, in a greedy way, that might give me more value, give the experience more value. But some days I really just, I don't know what makes me show up. And it's, it's, it's me, it's Nate, it's my guests, it's the viewers. It's, a, it's, you know, sometimes people ask us, why are we doing this? And I always throw in somewhere in the explanation, it's about community. And we didn't we didn't start it that way. We we actually started it because we wanted to promote plant medicine, <laughs> and I think plant medicines and the podcast have become something that that naturally just promote community. Mm. We just want people to feel like they're not alone because mm. a lot of people do, and they they aren't. We simply aren't alone. Amen, man. Fuck yeah. I'm gonna fucking cry over here. <laughs> <laughs> fucking let it. Up. And Sammy, I wanted to say because. At ceremony, I'm not going to name them because of legal reasons. They're not operating in a legal area. But I was talking to the um, 
the the female facilitator and I asked her because she's such an intuitive person, an incredible soul, so compassionate and and uh, really listens to you and and gives. She at ceremony she's doing so much for the group. She's cleaning, she's preparing the meals, she's making sure every like this is like hard work for groups of 10, 15 people. And I asked her in the sharing like afterwards after the ceremony was over, I'm like, how do you do it? Like, this must be energy taxing doing this week, weekend after weekend. I'm like, what's happening inside? Like, are you burning out ever? Is, how do you get this energy? And she told me when she drinks it and when ceremony starts, it's like this force field, in a sense, goes around her. And all of a sudden, it's nothing to do with her anymore. It's about everyone else. And it's about making sure everyone is okay. And she takes care of everything. And it's almost like, Ego is completely separated. It's just service, service, treat, service, everyone. And she's been serving for years in Vipassanas and all sorts of things. So she's, her level of service has been worked on. And then she says, once the ceremony is closed and the space is closed, now I come back and then I rest and I take my time to recover. But it's in those moments that it's not me anymore. It's not my, I'm, I'm just observing what's happening and I'm of service. So that's a really beautiful illustration she gave me and, it gave so much meaning to it. Ah, oh, this is not about you. This it's not even a question worth asking in a sense because it's about us. And she's just offering herself to help everyone. Yeah. It's humbling, man. That is very humbling. And then to even switch it and to relax, to to then be of service to herself. Yeah. There, there's a there's a beautiful metaphor that I that I think of a lot expressed by my favorite spiritual teacher called Sadhguru. And he says like enlightenment is very much like a, a bulb, a light bulb where like the brighter it gets, the more you see everyone around you and the brighter it gets, brighter it gets, you start seeing everyone, 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 you know, as basically as part of yourself. So, oh, wow. so, so yeah, I think like, I think like sp spiritual development, I guess, like goes hand in hand with just like seeing more and more people and being more and more sensitive to what, what they need and what's going on. That's beautiful. You know, that, that kind of takes a load off because I, I don't know what, I just kind of had this epiphany with that, with that, with that visual, with that, with that imagery, like all you have to do is kind of feed that light. Like people try to, reach enlightenment to try to dissolve the ego directly and that is a action that's like an egoic action and you have to start kind of playing this strange tug of war and it's like a car that won't start or something it's like you're trying to shift gears in, in a way that doesn't work but but to just kind of expand your 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 light and the and the light is 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 self in a way it's it's let it let it grow it dissolves in a way into everything and everyone but but let it spread let it actually grow and be bigger mm. and stronger than than ever oh <laughs> yes i got chills man <laughs> this is crazy and, you know in the in the yoga science there's like I, I can't remember how many but there's like i don't know if it's like 30 or if it's like a thousand but there's all different paths to like to the really experiencing union you know like, like there's the yoga of devotion bhakti yoga yoga of action uh uh yoga of energy uh you know so so like 
It's like there's there's not one way, right? There's so many ways. Sorry, that's my dog. That's all good. Uh, <laughs> I love it, man. But uh, so yeah, so there's not one way, you know. You have you just find your way and then expand your light. Uh, yeah, and that's that's a big point. That's a big point you made about there's not one way, and sometimes this is another ego trap: is that you think. You have to go down X way or X path to get to X X or Y result. But also understanding that you could veer off of it. You could go into your, you can spring off new directions. That that path that you follow uh, uh, passionately could be the start. And then as you're going along, you start realizing, oh, I actually, this makes more sense. Or taking pieces from other, okay, taking pieces from other places. And that's, that's what's beautiful about it too is separating yourself from having these rigid beliefs because when you have a rigid belief, when you're married to this path or this idea, that's where ego can hide and sneak in, you know? Mm. That's, a, that's a big lesson. Yeah. <laughs> what an amazing conversation it's been, like just, just visiting like all these different topics and seeing how they all interweave together. It's really beautiful. Brother, uh, Dude, I can't. this is yeah. like, uh, I really appreciate you coming on and appreciate the thank you plant medicine and what you're doing and this conversation specifically, just where you got my mind to go, which I haven't really looked into. This felt like a ceremony in a sense. <laughs> I feel the same way. I got it. Uh, cool. Well, um, thank you very much guys. And, uh, hope to, uh, keep in touch with you and maybe to see you down in Costa Rica sometime. Absolutely. Uh, we'll, we'll look you up and, and we'd love to have you on again sometime, man. That is just really, thank you. I mean, really appreciate it. Great conversation. Thank you, love. Thank you guys for holding this beautiful space and just being present with uh, such curiosity and openness and, and loving energy. Curious chimps, man. <laughs> like, <laughs> take care, man. Take care. Have a great day. See ya. You too. Thank you.